Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes are on the elemental plane of water, searching for one of the lost instruments of the bards that was transported here many, many years ago. After hours of sailing the massive sea, the team has had to fight off some fearsome serpents. But now victorious, and with land in sight, they can continue on to their journey to the Isle of Dread. Which I'm just going to say that way. Because it's fun to say that way. <laughs> and that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. Tonight, I'm drinking coffee. So I, I just have it in my D&D mug. I'll grab it in a second, but I had to grab my phone because I took a picture of, of what I got. I got a shipment from Found Familiar Coffee. Oh, oh, oh. I've been wanting to try them for Steven. Are they good? Well, the one that I've had is excellent. Yeah, so uh, found familiar. There, there's a whole bunch of just geeky coffees all of a sudden out there. I've been drinking tons of geeky tea because we've got Friday afternoon right here in Seattle. And so I love their tea. But it literally came this afternoon and I said, well, I'm drinking coffee for Dungeon Drunks. So this is their cartographer's blend. Thank you, Devin Rue, uh, which is a South American medium roast blend. The flavor notes are red apple, praline, and brown sugar. And it is... Very, very nice. I am one of those people who prefers a a thick, full-bodied coffee with preferably no sugar or milk. And you can't see it because it's in my mug. But I got myself a black coffee that makes me super happy. Uh, this is very nice. Luke is not at all a coffee drinker. He doesn't like it at all. But he does like the smell. And he said this smells fantastic. So I do highly recommend Found Familiar. Go check them out. Go look around online. Chances are if you are a fan of a particular streamer, they might have some deals going on through that streamer. But yeah, I love it. Yay, coffee. Jules, what are you drinking? I uh, did not order any coffee because I'm not a big coffee drinker, but Steven is. And I've actually been thinking about getting him some found familiar coffee. So add that to the list of things I'm slowly buying for his birthday. Um, <laughs> Speak <and> softly. <laughs> it's in December, but it takes a while. So I have a new cider. I have a new, um, a new combatant in the Cider Wars. Uh, it is another Canadian cider. And it's from... Duxbury Cider Co. And it's their original side road dry cider. And I bought this today from the LCBO because I was in the mood for something fall. And even though there was a wealth of sour beers available, I'm just like sour beers say summer to me. I'm ready to move towards fall. I did actually also buy some sour beers. Well, and that was one of the coffees that I got. So I got three different coffees while you open that up and give it a try. I got the Cartographer's Blend, the Inspiration, and because Critical Role, I got Regular Knoll. The Regular Knoll is a modern espresso. The Inspiration talks about, oh, I don't have it here. Anyway, one of them was like fall. So I'm excited to try them all. Yeah. So how's, how's your entry into the Cider War? It's very fall right now. All right, let's try this. Oh, it's a beautiful color. And I like it because I like dry ciders generally, so I'm excited for this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. If you live in Canada, try this. You know how some dry ciders just don't have a lot of flavor? The flavor is dry. 
decides the flavor, flavor is I need to drink more because now my mouth is dry. Yeah, this is good flavor. There's like it's dry, but there's just enough sweetness in it. I'm very happy. I'm very good. very happy. This will be gone in a couple seconds. Good. Well, while you enjoy that, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular. I am a professional, and tonight I am drinking. It's truly hard seltzer, and I'm gonna drink it. I also have a shot of Fireball. You drink it. <laughs> Tonight's shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to Ciprio. Thank you so much for the kind notes and uh, and your patronage. This shot of Fireball is for you. Just as a quick note, as you've seen me waving and flailing my hands, you might <laughs> notice that I am injured. Oh, no. I was chopping some onions and uh, I chopped off a little, little, little bit of my finger. Just... And, oh, uh, you did it, Steven. No, Saboya, no. No, it's it's fine. It's healing up. It's just, it's got some more healing up to do. There's a notch. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be laughing at that, but it's, I'm glad. No, that laugh, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, during quarantine cuisine, I lost the tip of my finger, not the tip, but like a little bit of the yeah. side with the mandolin. It's going to be very similar to the time I uh, I exacto knifed off a little, little tip of my, uh, my pinky here. It's just like, just a little tiny bit just chopped off. In all of the oboe reed making that I've ever done and all of the injuries that I've given myself with sharp knives, I have never lost a chunk of body part, but I have cut very deeply. So I don't know what's better or worse, but I'm glad you're okay. It just looks gnarly. It, it looks gnarlier than it is. Oh, I should be taking pictures of these. I mean, I guess. Uh, make sure you put warnings showed, on all those sounds, sounds like paywall content to me, my friend. I, I showed my wife, and she was like, oh, I don't like, no, it's fine. Look, it's healing. And she's like, ah, just didn't want to see it. Well, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're healing. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm just glad. <laughs> Sorry. Travancore, what are you drinking? <laughs> Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Flying Embers Hard Kombucha. It's berry flavored. It has the flavors of raspberry, elderberry, and soji. It is a zero-calorie, zero-carb drink, so it's in that kind of light beer cider zone of beverages. I've never had it before, so we're doing a live tasting. Oh, by the way, this is made in Oaks, California, and proceeds benefit firefighters in California. So, very timely choice. Yeah, definitely right now. Holy crap. Here Did we you go. see the video that came out of the drone footage of San yes, Diego that they put? Yes, and it was set to put... the Blade Runner music. It was, like, gorgeous, yeah. and it made me want to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely it, terrifying. It was... Ugh. Anyway, Travancore, how is your wonderful charity drink? So, at first glance, if you drink it quickly enough, it tastes a lot like cider. But then, if you linger, it is kombucha. There are bacteria cultures in there. If you linger, it's got the booch. <laughs> it's got the... <laughs> you get that booch right in your mouth. Okay. And I enjoy it, actually. It's a very interesting drink from a smell and tech. Not necessarily even texture, but the way it feels in your mouth because it's a kombucha, because it's not just an ordinary drink. I'm kind of hoping this does wonders for me from a probiotic standpoint, but uh, this is definitely, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's not bad. It's not something that's like, oh, this will go pair go with a meal, but just by itself, this is, it's almost like an experience. Like some things you ingest like for the experiential thing, either it causes hallucinations or it reveals insight or something. I feel as if I'm on some kind of hard kombucha journey, and I want to share this journey with all of you. You you shouldn't have to chew it, but you feel compelled to chew for some reason, and I don't really know why. This is going to be an interesting game, guys. I have this feeling like at some point you're just going to say, screw it, and we're going to watch you 
like shotgun this thing just to get it done. <laughs> do you think that's wise? Do you think like shotgunning kombucha or kombucha is like a thing that people do? No, bacteria must be introduced slowly to the gut, not gradually, not like all at once. I feel like all at once is asking for trouble. You're 100% correct, Jack. However, do people do it? Absolutely. (laughs) Is it a good idea? Absolutely not. But do they do it? 10 years ago on another podcast, I absolutely would have done it on the air, but time changes us all. Hey, listen, we're all adults who have learned from our mistakes. Carlton, what are you drinking? Speaking of learning from mistakes, no. Uh, this is John Carlton. Uh, I have Pink Ting Sparkling Grapefruit Flavored Beverage. Doesn't even say soda. It just says grapefruit beverage. Grapefruit beverage. Is there actual grapefruit juice in it? Oh, uh, sugar. Gra- yeah, concentrated grapefruit juice. All right, there you go. Is it good? Yeah, it's not bad. It's a like a more tart fresca. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. It's very grapefruity. Grapefruit is excellent. I like grapefruit. You know what I also think is a good idea to have grapefruit is when you're on a boat. A boat in the water. Yeah, there you go. Citrus is always a good idea. You all just got done with a fight. Your first fight in the elemental plane of water. Aww. Uh, Only a couple of you got almost killed. Oh, that's what Bernie was going to do. She's yeah, we we ended last week like literally the the final creature fell and you all were exhaling a breath when we stopped. So we're picking up now at the beginning of this game. Moments later, the three creatures are dead. Uh, Bucks is still spiraling above you, looking out at the speck of land on the horizon. What would you like to do? Bernie is going to heal. Jonathan, because Hi. he has one hit point. If Bucks decides to land on me just a little too hard and does a point of damage, he's going to drop me. Maybe it's his dream to kill his master. I hope not. I think you would know, Jonathan. I oh, think yeah. you would be very well aware of that. He's your familiar. You summoned him. <laughs> he's also a celestial. It's not like you summoned a nymph. Now is my chance. In uh, one of our fourth edition home games, our wizard became effectively a demon binder slash necromancer so his familiar was a little imp that hated him uh so that made some of the situations where he was because the imp was like absolutely loyal like he would do whatever he said he just hated it and that, that made, makes sense that made things real, uh, very interesting we were all ex- excising the demons that lingered inside of us like literally lingered inside of us most of us banished our demons he bound his demon to his service uh which was a choice that he made welcome to dnd all right so there's healing going on bernie is not she's when i say bernie is going to heal you she's going to heal ah you. yes give me the good stuff bernie yeah but i used harm so I'm going to heal you at 7th level. And Bernie's going to look at you and she's going to go, do you have like any weird underlying chronic conditions that you have been working, like diseases that you've been dealing with? Hmm, Jonathan the Magimuscular is not aware. Although Jonathan the Magimuscular's medical history has uh, certainly uh, all the records in care calendar. So I'm not really sure Jonathan the Magimuscular needs to think on this. And he's going to continue kind of rambling about his medical okay. history. And Bernie's going to lick her finger. Uh-huh. And she's going to stick it in your ear. And she's going to go, not anymore. And she's going to heal you. <laughs> That's exactly what Jonathan does when you do that. Yep. The and not heal because is of a wet willy. willy. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but yeah. because it's both. 
It is both the Wet Willy and the seventh level evocation that is channeling through his eardrum. So you get 80 hit points back. Ah! (laughs) Because I'm not doing this thing where I heal you for 15 hit points and then next time we run into a mosquito, all I can do, like... Yeah, I've been wanting to do that. Ooh, that felt, like, from a player standpoint, that felt real good. It feels that good. That felt good. That was like, where's my, where's my little, I gotta get my thing. <laughs> All right, Jonathan goes from being mostly dead to mostly alive. Hooray! <laughs> I don't know if anybody else needs healing. I, I personally, wait, I need healing, and I got some healing from that, didn't I? Oh, yeah. So I got nine hit points back on top of that. Hey, nine is nine more than you had. Yep. So I can do, now I'll do a group healing spell just to get, because Bernie just says who knows what we're going to encounter, really. I'm going to, and she just kind of does that thing where doctors like warm their hands up. She's like. If they're good so doctors. It's a little cold. It's just a little cold. Um, and she is going to cast prayer of healing. I always want to cast prayer of healing in battle. And everybody always has to tell me No. I mean, you can cast it in battle if you want to spend the next ten battles, but that's up to you. <laughs> so she's gonna she's gonna cast Prayer of Healing as a fourth level spell, and so it's going to be. And you guys all get twenty three points of health back, and then I get Sweet. an additional six points of health back. So I'll do that math. And Carlton's back to max. We trust you to do the math. This just makes your life easier. You've been doing the math for like five years now. Math is not the problem. <laughs> we know you. I think she's math. been doing math a lot longer than five years. Well, yes, but we, she's been doing D and D math at least for probably longer than five years. How many years have we been playing? Uh, we're five years as of August, I think. Yeah, actually, it might be five years. Wow, man, this compa- campaign's gone on a while. I should kill you off. So, what would you like <laughs> okay. to do? I think we're gonna continue sailing to the island and just hopefully avoid any other any other sea dragons which has jonathan figured out or i guess has travancore figured out that these were actually dragons and not just like serpents let me look up something real quick yes they are okay i was making sure the name of them is young sea dragon i want to make sure are they an actual dragon or is just that fanciful name so i'll say this now that the battle is over travancore yeah, you rec- you recognize the movements. You recognize the way those creatures acted. And while you've never seen or heard of anything like this before, and while they seemed more like water serpents, those are dragons. Huh. Well, that's something to add to the old uh, resume there. Yeah, and the next time I fight them, I know they're dragons. So there's that too. There are three bodies now floating in the water, turning the ocean around you slowly into a Red Sea. Bernie looks at Carlton and says, do you just want to do this? Do you want to do this before we go? Because I know you want to, I know. Just, just go ahead. Just go ahead and do the thing that you're going to do. Set sail so that we're not in the chummy waters when all the other predators come to eat the chum? really proud of you because i thought you were gonna leap onto the body of a dead sea dragon and try to rip a scale off oh no i already got one i'm gonna carve through it <laughs> carlton already did his shopping roll a retroactive <laughs> strength check let's see if you actually did so would he get his uh his rage bonus since he was raging at the time uh 27 
No, but a 27 is more than enough. Yes, you are able to get a nice chunk of it's it's almost like like an abalone shell, except deeper blue. But it's got that that shimmeriness to it of a lot of sea creatures. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we should definitely get out of the chummy water because it's only going to attract more predators. Agreed. But props to your tribe management, though. You know, we've been doing this for what feels like five years. uh, So I might as well figure as I'm getting the the gutton. I might as well just slice off a little bit instead of after the fact. Bucks does start to fly down so that he is within the 100-foot radius of, of Jonathan. And Jonathan is is giving you information on what direction to go in in order to reach the island. And also, Bucks sees a shark coming. Oh, um, good call with the moving away. It appears that uh, Carlton was correct. The predators and scavengers are on their way who what there's i can see one. Oh, oh, there's two three. Oh, ooh, my the, do sharks travel in schools i must know it is the elemental plane of water who knows all right so you're gonna set sail set sail okay it is another hour of sailing towards this island the wind before was odd it was doing the thing where it was blowing directly towards you and then seemed to circle you in a clockwise fashion and now it's blowing towards you again but you're you were able to set up the rigging earlier and there's the oars and so you're able to make decent time not as good of a time as when travancore had summoned what was it two apes i think it was, I think two it was apes. four actually four apes yeah, so for a, so you had those apes and they were they were super duper helping on the oars. You don't have that right now, but between Jonathan's rigging and I'm assuming Carlton, you're doing a little bit of rowing. And one and two and yeah. three and four and I'm uh, rowing a boat. You are making decent progress, and eventually a rather large island appears in front of you. The Terrain is rocky and cliffy and very overgrown with jungle vegetation. You are approaching what looks like just a giant cliff face. Everybody go ahead and roll perception checks. That's perception. Perception. Hi, I'm John. I play Carlton Tanks. And uh, tonight I'm drinking uh, Texas Cola that my wife just brought me because the pink tink was terrible. And I am oh. giving up. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad she brought you something else. And Carlton, would you get your perception? This is terrible. Can you bring me another one? So the first sip was fine. And then you keep drinking it. And then I remember, I hate grapefruit. Oh, oh, oh no. That- <laughs> like, I have grapefruit sparkling water. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. It's light enough. I was hoping more of, like, a sweeter version of that. But more than once I got more than, like, three sips into this, I'm like, yeah, it's like drinking sparkling grapefruit juice. And that is terrible. So now I have Texas or, Cola from Southside Craft Brewing. Or that's awesome for people like me who love grapefruit. Anyway, now with a better drink, Carlton, what did you get in your perception check? Uh, my perception uh, is a 25. And Travancore? 26. Travancore, wait, you got a natural 20. No, oh. I did not get a natural 20. Oh. <laughs> Shadow got a nat- 28. Shadow got a 28 in his perception with a natural, natural 20. Drink. There Cheers. you go. Damn. Okay. Jonathan and Bucks? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular got an 8, and Bucks the Noble Owl got a 14. Yeah, Jonathan, you're still recovering from being almost dead, so you're... I think his ear is ringing. He's like, Bernie is... Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to know, is tingling normal, like, several minutes after you do that? 
Just asking. Uh, Curious. I mean, you know, I actually have no idea. Okay. Some, I'm assuming there are some side effects, but I'm not actually legally liable. Okay, no, no, I was just, uh, Jonathan the Muscular was a little curious. Did, hey, say, does anyone else hear that ringing? Uh, 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 ringing? Anyone? And Bernie no? licks a finger and sticks it in his other ear and says, let's see if we can even it out. And then- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Bernie, what'd you get in your perception check? Bernie got a 14 because she's wasting her time fucking with Jonathan. Well, see, you're, say, you're higher than normal sense. because you're like, you're, you climbed Jonathan to stick your finger in the ear. So you're a little higher up. So that's why she goes, you're. Ooh, land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Bucks has actually landed on the top of the mast of your small ship and is watching the fun that uh, Bernie and Jonathan are having, which is why the three of you don't notice the same thing that Carlton, Travancore, and Shadow notice. Almost casually you the three of you notice especially shadow there's something about it's not that shadow hates being on the water it's that he would much rather be on land and so he is keyed into getting his paws back on solid ground and so he sees it moments before the rest of you maybe he actually smells it but this cliff face which would be impossible to dock in and very difficult to climb seems to encompass the island except to your right the three of you see sand and so it looks like maybe only a couple of minutes down the way there's a beach i say we proceed in a beachwardly direction (laughs) i like the beach in general beach ho all right Sorry, I have to write down beachwardly direction. You, <laughs> Jack, Jack with a knowing nod. Thank yeah. you, Jack. Yeah, I'm he just no selling it verbally. I didn't want to call attention to it for the listeners. That was just nope. for you, buddy. It was Thank very, you. yep, I love it. <laughs> so you uh, adjust the sail and start to go around the side of this island. You can hear birds. You don't see any animals. The trees look like normal jungle trees nothing seems odd as far as the basic flora and fauna that you're able to discern from here as you are rounding the island the cliff face is sheer and almost comes to a complete sudden stop it is though you've rounded the corner of a wall and there's an inlet with sand and actually a nice little almost a cove that you can bring the boat into. More importantly, you see a village. Three Azamar and a tiefling are sent to a strange new world on a divine mission. Trouble is, when they arrive, none of them can remember what the mission is, and only one of them has any interest in the god that sent them. Join Briathos, Bizdira, Kit, Flick, and DM Jazzy Hands as they play matchmaker with kobolds, assassinate Yuan-Ti political figures, and completely, if accidentally, disrupt the delicate equilibrium of the world they found themselves in. Reviewers call it a patchwork of beautiful storytelling, immersive roleplay, and a healthy sprinkling of humorous banter. The Last Refuge is a weekly D&D actual play podcast set in a completely original world. Check us out at dndlastrefuge.com. Happy gaming, y'all. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. 
It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on October 4th at 8pm Pacific, so open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. W-O-R-K-A-V-O-S-C-R-A-G so use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. There is a rather large village. Simple housing, but not uh, rustic. Like, fairly sophisticated and in a, a variety of styles. Not just basic housing with some thatched roofs, you see couple made out of stone, and some seem to be more in a Dwarven style, and some seem to be in an Elven style, and, and many of them seem to be these almost round yurts. And it's kind of this weird mishmash of styles and building materials, but obviously this, this village has been here a while, and as your boat crests over and heads towards the village, there is a dock, but it's not a dock for ships. It is obviously either a dock for people to go on to do some fishing out in the cove or for boats maybe even smaller than yours. Small rowboats or obviously like tiny little boats that are just going to go out into the basic ocean and do some fishing. And you see some of these little boats about, but you don't see anything. Like your masted ship is obviously the largest thing here and your ship is relatively small. And you immediately draw a lot of attention. The people on the beach are pointing. Some are waving. You see some people running back inside. Uh, there, There's a lot of commotion as you appear. And as you bring the ship in, do you want to bring it in towards one of the docks? And, and it's basically, it's not really a dock. It's like just a wooden pier that you could uh, float up to. Or you could beach right up onto the shore if you'd like. What would you prefer? Jonathan, you're the ship person. Literally a shipwright. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and just head for a pier. I mean, we're gonna just hop off and close this thing down anyway. True. Okay. Yeah, you head for the nearest wooden pier. Uh, there's a a couple of actual fishermen on the pier right there. You see four or five people of a variety of of races and uh, clothing styles. All of them now like pulling up their their fishing poles and either moving to accommodate you or completely pulling them up and putting them away as though they're going to react in some way to you arriving. I'm going to go with the perception checks from earlier because this this hasn't been that long. Travancore and Carlton, the two of you notice something interesting. There are a variety of people here of all from looks like all over the world. This almost looks like this could be a the port of Waterdeep and where there's just people from everywhere. But every other person is a turtle. <laughs> and as you pull up to the dock, it's actually one of those turtles who had been fishing at the pier who had wound up their pole who comes on over as though to 
catch a rope to haul the ship in and says, Oh, don't you know you got a big ship right here? What's going on? How'd you get past the dragon? A big ship right indeed. Uh, the, the, we got past the old-fashioned way. I'm not sure what that is. All the old-fashioned ways are usually that the ships get destroyed and we gotta pick up the survivors. How, those dragons, how important were they to you, like, culturally? Emotionally? (laughs) Emotionally? Physically? Giant eyebrow raises. You saw more than one? Ecumenically? As far as I know, there's, there's only the one big guy. How big is big? Oh, it's, it's so... And he starts to hold his hands apart and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And he goes, oh, it's pretty big. And uh, it, I, well, in the telepathic bond, I'd be like, I think we may have pissed off Mama. <gasps> oh, no. lie. But Jonathan the Medramuscular suggests we table that, maybe. Anyway, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're all safe and that your your little boat got here all through all so okay. Uh, can, I, can I help you? And he holds out his hand to either help somebody up to the dock or, or whatever. Bernie in the Telbon says, Did we name the boat? Is that why we got attacked by three dragons? Because we didn't name the boat and it's unlucky? I mean, I know, Jonathan the Magic Muscular knows that, like, I thought it was called Super Snake Boat. But no, no that's what it is. We I thought you just called it Defiant. Like, Jeremy. No, no. I think we didn't name it. We had calling words for it, but Travancore in the Telbon is going to suggest, why not just call it the canal- Collapsible Canoe? As no, the official that's what name. it is. Like, I am a gnome, but my name is Bernice. Sometimes. I could have sworn you called it the Defiant, but maybe that was just me. Anyway, <gasps> the did. turtle continues to hold yeah, out. It was the Defiant. Okay. It is the Defiant. Okay, sorry. I thought we might have named it, like... <laughs> I couldn't remember. Or the Runabout. Anyway, it's no, the I think Defiant I originally now. had call names for it. The, but I think the Yankees the end, the, uh, the Rio Grande. Or the Hood. <laughs> oh god how many how many runabouts and other ships that got blown up in star trek in real life are we going to name this thing oh after? yeah we did name them after star trek because that's who we yeah. are so let's just okay. go to find yeah anyway the turtle is holding their the three-fingered thumbed big fat handed claw out towards you can i help you all out of the boat sure oh, Jonathan yeah. the yeah. muscular grabs his grabs his hand and like Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger style flexes with him and then hops off and bucks lands on his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, he offers, it's less that he is pulling you out, although you can tell that this turtle has some muscle on him. It's more he's offering an anchor point for you to pull yourself up, which okay. you do expertly, especially Jonathan with your history. And then the turtle turns your hand up into a handshake and says, I'm uh, Yogg. It's nice to meet you. It's uh, good for you to, to be here. Well, I, I can introduce you to a bunch of people. We're used to having, you know, regular visitors and newcomers here on a regular basis. Uh, but hi. Hi. Bernie's going to put her hand in his to get help because she clearly needs it because it's up. And Bernie says, Ayog? Uh, just Yogg. Just Yogg, not Ayog. Just Yogg. No, no. I mean, I am. So I, I guess you could you could say I am a yog, but that no, just yog. Yog. Okay, I'm Bernie. Bernie, nice to meet you. And he holds his hand out for Travancore. Travancore will be the strategically be the last person to get off the boat. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Carlton will go next. Yep, Carlton will go next. And then Travancore, and then he very quietly says the uh, the word to uh, box. He whispers it to the boat so we can take it back. Box. <laughs> Travancore, would you please describe how this boat collapses back into a box? 
Oh man. So how many of you are familiar with the uh the genre property transformers? Well, of course. Well, yeah. I'm thinking a lot of interdimensional kind of style folding where the thing oh. like kind of folds into itself. So like <laughs> like the Allspark from the first live action movie. You got the touch. You've got the power. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah and then it ends up as a box in Travancore's hand. Oh, that's a neat trick. That explains why the dragon didn't see you. Or, or or did you, were you with the box the whole time and just turned into a boat in the last like little bit? Or that's, that's a neat trick. So we may have fought and killed three sea dragons. We, yeah, we selectively employed violence in the name of survival. Baby dragons, maybe. Carlton, show them the thing. Sea dragons. Yeah, the the they were in the 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 water and they were kind of snake and eel like. But then they flew. They had yeah, wings they and then they flew. Oh, they flew. I didn't think they could oh, fly. Oh yeah, you missed that. I tried to teleport up to the mast and then it flew after me. So I teleported back and it flew after me. I nearly I was died. Like, Good thing these can't fly. And no. then I went underwater. They could definitely fly. <laughs> totally fly. You guys are pleasant. Carlton, are you holding up the scale? Yeah, I'll show on the scale. He looks at that and he shakes his head. Oh, no, no, those are just some of the, the, oh, those sea dragons. Those are some little stuff. They're dangerous. Yeah, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I thought you'd, me- usually when people arrive here, they uh, they end up uh, getting attacked by the big topaz guy. Uh, the, the topaz the topaz guy? guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We tend to, usually uh, when newcomers come, they've already they've already met the big guy, so you don't have to do much explanation onto them. Here, why don't I go ahead and I'll introduce you to everybody, and we'll we'll, we'll get you a a place to get set up and some yeah. explanation. Because uh, yeah. I'd imagine you're gonna be here a while, like everybody else, and we try to make it a, a welcoming place. So come on, come on, and he kind of waves you forward and down the pier. And Travancore bows ever so slightly, does like this, um, I'll namaste like, and then <laughs> and then follows, as if to appreciate gratitude. And he kind of nods at you and motions you down the pier. Do you follow? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Yogg is leading you down the, the pier and eventually onto the warm sands. And it is warm here. It's not hot. It's not, well, this is a jungle-like atmosphere. It doesn't have that oppressive heat. Uh, maybe it's because of the breeze off the ocean. Maybe it's just, you know, whatever the the climate is, at least right now, it's balmy. And certainly the clothing that you've been wearing is a little too warm because some of you are still in the, the warmer clothes of Waterdeep. Which is you disappointing. Wa- no, you bought, you bought clothing specifically for a rainforest and for, like, tropical weather. So... Why are you disappointed? Pirate clothing, but I bought. Jonathan the Badger Muscular is going to go to Carlton and be like, "Hey, Carlton, open up the bag of holding for a bit." And so Carlton or Jonathan is going to like undo his heavy cloak that he had in Waterdeep. Uh, He's going to take like just kind of take off his like his winter leggings. He's still got his like normal wraps and pants underneath, but he's stripping down to like essential wear: his robes, his pants, and that's it. So. He's like, hey, put these in here. And he bundles them up. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie had already changed to her pirate gear. Does anybody else need a chance to, to disrobe or anything? I mean, there's there's really no hurry. It doesn't look like all, any of you are, well, a couple of you are a little roughed up, but. No, you know. fine. Okay. Travancore will take the opportunity. Oh, if no one else is changing, Travancore won't. But if, I, if one person's changing, Travancore's going to change. Yeah, Jonathan was just 
Uh, stripping. Yep. So. And Travancore changes into his pirate gear as well. All right. We got to get into our like, se- season, this season's outfit so that when when the so the animators have something different, a different look for us for this year. And then people will know that, hey, in season three, they were they were wearing that stuff. So, oh, it's the beach episode. Carlton, so, did you buy us? You got us like what you got us. You got us those canvas pants that pirates wear. Yeah. The frilly shirts, the, you know, the the, the, the swimsuits. In my head, Bernie looks a little like Smee from the animated, <laughs> you know, with the like the belly blue belly shirt that's striped. <laughs> I think Travancore is, he's actually using one of Gestock's old pirate shirts from months ago, or weeks ago. And uh, I think there is uh, kind of like, not too baggy pants, like not parachute level pants, but definitely a bit baggier than what Travancore would would normally wear. And I I thought to myself, it's just as well that we're pirates, because I think my second choice would have been the the uniforms from the summer season of Saved by the Bell, where they're all working in a... At a, like a beach club or resort. Oh yeah. And they had they, they had one character who was like only in those episodes because she was like the daughter of the Yeah of Leah Rimini. Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah, that was Leah Leah Rimini. Oh, that's right. Yog is patiently waiting. Um, <laughs> as, as is our audience. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 audience is enjoying it, but but all of that just kind of happens while the stripping is going on and the changing. And Yog says, "Oh, you all came pretty prepared, eh?" Yeah, we came in. Uh, we were originally in Waterdeep, and um, oh, it- Waterdeep. We got a couple people who I think came from there, or at least that was the last port of call before they got they got taken. Yeah. Oh, that actually reminds me, Yog. Jonathan the Magimuscular is curious. Uh, how many people are here, and what's the general time frame for people's arrival? Like, are there people from ages past, and then there's new arrivals uh, besides us? Uh, what, what's a breakdown here? Well, you're the latest to come on in. We usually get well, two or three crews a season. Everybody seems to be a crew of people, at least those that aren't native to here. I mean, there's some of us that have just been living here a whole lot. Some some of whom came from a shipwreck from ages past and decided to stay and make this their home. It's very hard to leave. It's There's not many people who can figure out a way to leave. Some, some people stay here for a little bit and decide they're going to go sail or, you know, sometimes we get some peoples on in who can breathe underwater and they decide they're going to go brave the ocean. Not too many of those return. But yeah, so this is Elderwood. It's a couple hundred people. It's a modest-sized town. We we look out for our own, and we do what we can. But yeah, usually once yeah, a season. Excellent genetic diversity. Oh well, we get from from you know anyone that's been on a boat that's been on on the seas that ends up in one of those storms seems to be the ones that come on through. And there's usually at least one or two a season. And then it depends on how many survive the trip, how many survive. Uh, being on the the sea, how far away they are from the island, and whether the dragon gets them before they can get to us. And usually the dragon just wants their stuff, so as soon as the boat is all destroyed, then it tends to leave the people alone, or at least doesn't care. So as long as they can at least survive all that, which, frankly, is a lot. So I'm kind of surprised to see all of you. You're the first people I've ever heard about that have come here that haven't gone the usual way, which is the way no one wants to go. And that's with uh, Topaz the dragon? Topaz. Is his name Topaz? 
No, no, no. He, he, that's his color. He's a uh, kind of a, a bluish, uh, greenish, kind of bluish greenish. Like a topaz? Yeah, topaz. Does he have a name? Yeah, so his name is Silregirloth, I think. I've only ever seen him the once. Uh, yeah, he tends to be pretty reclusive. Uh, normally people see him when they first arrive, and they try to, you know, fight him, and usually it doesn't go well. He's really big and nasty and ornery. And and he's a sea dragon? Well, I know that he can breathe underwater, but he can fly. The one time I saw him is actually he was making a beeline from uh, where he lives on the other side of the island off somewhere. And we figure he's making a beeline because there was some giant frigate that had just gotten pulled on over. And he's, he's, he's a greedy one. He wants all their stuff. So he went flying on over. But that was the only time I'd ever seen him. That was the only time I'd ever seen him. But uh, most of the time when they see him, he's uh, floating around in the water doing water things and grabbing stuff. Travancore is listening for little bells to see if any of this uh, tingles his dragon sense. Roll a history check with advantage because your favorite enemy is dragons. All right, history. Time to put my education to use. Real life, not story. Well, either way, a 16. So you have heard of stories of gem dragons. You've heard them as fairy tales of maybe creatures that used to be true or maybe tales that were told of real dragons misinterpreted oh that that ruby dragon you heard about that was actually a red dragon it just had a weird sheen to its scales that oh that one that you were seeing over there that was actually just a white dragon that was much smarter than we anticipated that kind of thing or you've heard of stories of gem dragons but they are they're the stuff of fairy tales and of fanciful tales you've heard of them either as the kind of dragons you would find in the Feywild doing fantastical things like fairy dragons or the stuff of nightmares they are uh, what people dreamed up real dragons to be if they were worse or better in some way. And you seem to remember topaz as being a color. Those tended to be the stories that you'd heard that were fairy tales or not real dragons. You don't remember very much, though. There's not a thing. As I said, you've only ever heard about it as a tale, not as a reality. Hmm. Well, I guess I know where that tale comes from now. Well, I was actually kind of interested in maybe talking to it, but it sounds like you just try and take all our stuff. You can try to talk to it. I've heard of people trying to do that. Sometimes they walk away and sometimes they don't. He's a he's a pretty ornery fella and he's going to want to take your stuff for sure, but, uh, well, you know. we're one out of two for talking to dragons and not yeah. have... That's yeah. not bad. Honestly, 50% ain't bad if you think about dragons. No, I try not to think about dragons and I've only got the one that I got to deal with. And usually we just try to duck and cover whenever he comes by. Can I ask you something? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm, I'm taking you up to the welcome committee. They're they're usually better at this, but I'm oh. happy to answer what I can. Well, I mean, we can save it for the welcoming committee, but you seem to know. Does anyone ever come here on purpose? Not in my lifetime, but my lifetime's pretty short. Uh, on purpose. 
And he thinks for a very long time, looks up into the sky. The, the big eyes on the top of his turtle head kind of go uh, get that faraway look as, as he just searches through what he's heard. Well, as I said, I'm not the welcoming committee, so I don't know all the history, but you're the first people I've ever heard of who've come here on purpose. So we're a, a lot of firsts. We're a lot of people's firsts. So why are you here if you're here on purpose? Are you here to take care of the dragon? Are you looking for someone? I would imagine most people who are coming. We've had people come here accidentally who were looking for people who came here before accidentally. So that's happened. But no one came here looking to come here. Did that make sense? Yeah. Jonathan the Match Muscular, while this is... He's paying attention, but he's also trying to take in every detail around him. Because he has an idea for an offer. But he's going to kind of take that in and say, yeah, we're looking for something. And like like Bernie said, we might save this for the welcoming committee, seeing if anyone can help us. But if there's a dragon around, it's possible we might have to go talk to him anyway. Um, before this gets out too much, Yogg, do you know of anyone here... Who would like to leave? Ah, well, we haven't had someone arrive in a while. And most people, when they want to leave, they tend to leave pretty fast. They tend to not want to stay. But they leave to go either somewhere else on the island or go sail. Do you have some way back to to the Sword Coast? I do. Tomorrow. Hmm. And I can only do that once a day. Not that I'm, you know, Yogg, you're a, I just met you, but I'm here I am, you know, going on about what I can do and how often I can do it. But uh, once we conclude our business and we find what we're looking for, uh, we're, we gotta, we gotta head back to fulfill some obligations. But, and Jonathan's the Magimuscular in between words is still looking around and trying to take everything in. I might be willing to come back myself and take as many people that want to return to the material plane and specifically Waterdeep might be able to take y'all back. That's a very kind offer. Uh, this is my home. Uh, most of the turtle people here, we, we, we live here. We're the, the ones who live on this island. Most of the guests, as you can see, I mean, they, this is their home now too, but they're the ones that have come from some other place, uh, you are more than welcome to ask and, and see. I'm sure there are some people probably pine, pining to go back. As I said, a lot of people, they, they're they not here on purpose. As you're looking around and as he's saying this, uh, what specifically are you, are you looking for? Anything in specific? You said you're taking everything in. Are you just memorizing the general aesthetic? Yeah. Are you looking for anything in specific? Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to reduce the chance that if he plane shifts back to the elemental plane of water, that he doesn't end up anywhere other than Elderwood. Okay. Give me a... Give me a perception check and an arcana check. All right. Does Elderwood have an academy? Am I? You'd have to ask. <laughs> Get it, Elderwood Academy. I know, I know. I'll say this. When I thought of the name, it wasn't until much later after I'd already gotten used to calling it Elderwood that I was like, oh, Oh, well, okay. Maybe they make dice boxes, who knows. So we got a 17 on Perception and then a 29 on Arcana. Okay. 
Yeah. You think there's a very good chance now that you have a specific location that you've been to. Um, before, when you were using Plane Shift, you knew where you were trying to go, but because you'd never seen it or been there or had a connection to it, it's kind of like when you're teleporting. You, The more familiar you are with the location, the greater the chance that you're going to arrive precisely where you want to plane shifting is the same so now that you're kind of here your feet are in the sand you're looking around you you're pretty confident that return trips will not end up will probably not end up by the middle of the water thanks for listening to our adventure if you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows LLC.